I'm Jim Nichols, and this is the Life with Grace and Peace podcast. Thanks for choosing to spend just a little bit of your time with me. This is a podcast where I share thoughts on life. Really, it's about life abundant, this gift that Jesus offers his followers in John 10.10. Those followers would take the Jesus kingdom message, life abundant, wherever they went. Many of the letters we have in the New Testament include the phrase grace and peace. This is a greeting, certainly, but it's also much more than that. It's a way of living abundant. And so I'm looking for ways to share how I'm growing in a life with grace and peace. And this podcast is a place to share some of those those stories, those moments. So again, thanks for joining me. And I'm so honored that you've chosen to share these moments with me. My prayer is that as we spend this time together, we will sense the guiding presence of Holy Spirit as we walk deeper into the life of grace and peace. I preached this past weekend on Isaiah 6, Isaiah's call story. It's one of those passages that begs for an overactive imagination like mine to just be let loose. The scriptures say Isaiah was in the throne room of the Lord and he witnessed or experienced the holiness of God. Seeing what was truly beyond his capacity to fully grasp, Isaiah was just undone. He fell on his face. He cried out in despair. His sin and the sin of his people was as real to him as anything he had ever known. And the realization of it just dropped him. And in that spot, Isaiah is purified. An angel touches Isaiah with a coal from God's altar. And Isaiah, uh, now no longer laid out, is up and fully present. When I read this part of the story, I'm amazed at the uh, instantaneousness of it all. Yes, I know and realize instantaneousness is not a real word. You see, though, when Isaiah cries about his sin, there is the sense that his and his own people's brokenness is something oppressive on his soul. The burden of his own junk is crushing in on him, but with one touch, the purifying that is offered to him is complete, and it only takes a millisecond. Snap, it's gone, and he's been imbibed with God's very own holy. I was listening to James Bryan Smith's podcast, Thoughts from Above, and he was talking about the finality of the cross and the resurrection life in a believer. He says that at the cross, sin, your sin, my sin, all sin, was dealt with for all time. Its oppressive reign was annihilated for for everyone, for all time itself. It is now our responsibility to step into the channels of God's grace, to receive that pardon, to become reborn, to allow our sin to not just be covered, but be removed. Smith also said, though it's not just about the finality of our sin, but also the reality of resurrection. We are invited to live into this new life, to receive from the Holy Spirit all that we need to be holy as God is holy. We have it already living within us. Sin no longer has to control and enslave us. Will we mess up? Shoot, I do it all the time. But it still means I go on to completeness, or as Wesley would say, on to perfection. 
And as I listened to Smith, Isaiah's experience came back to me. This guy, Isaiah, was made pure in the presence of the Lord, and the Lord calls to him with a question, who will go for me? Isaiah, he's up off his face. His hand is raised, empowered. He is ready to tell the world about God's goodness. He wants people to know this holy God isn't the smiter of men. Now, for Isaiah, God's holiness wasn't oppressive. It was far from legalism or rule following. No, God's holiness was purifying and good and life-giving. God's holiness was life-changing in a way that, that lifted up, transforms, it never pushes down. And, and I believe it's this new reality that Isaiah received that makes him be so quick to jump and offer to tell other people about it. It's what compelled him to say, here I am, I will go. There's a word for that. A word for what Isaiah was swept up into, what it was that he couldn't wait to share with the world. In Hebrew, the word is kabod. It is translated as heaviness or weighty. In the New Testament, it's mostly the Greek word doxa. We often, most of the time, translate the word glory in our English translations for both of these words. The heaviness of God's presence is God's glory. The brightness, the honor, the splendor that comes from the gravity of God's presence. God's glory is the beauty of who God is. It is the captivating and intoxicating essence of God's being that floods creation with beauty, goodness, and truth. God's glory is what brings Isaiah to this place of being wonderfully undone and restored and sent. It is the, the who or what of God that is so often unidentifiable and yet so real and personal and felt. The glory of God breathes life into everything. It's the glory of God that brings grace, the unmerited favor of God in our life. God graced Isaiah with God's beauty and purity, and it flowed from the glory, the heaviness of who God is. God's grace does that with you and me too. God's grace wooed us to him. God's grace opened our eyes to see our need for him. God's grace allowed us to say yes. God's grace allowed us to be forgiven. God's grace powers into us the life of resurrection. And God's grace gifts us for the work ahead of us. And it's God's grace that is poured into us in the person of the Spirit, God's very self, as close as our breath. And remember, the word for spirit is also the word for breath. God's breath as close as our breath. How intimate and awesome is that? God's grace does this because of this glory that God is. God's glory wipes away all that isn't holy and pure and loving. And it's God's grace and beauty that also says, I will make a way for you to be who I created you to be. No wonder the church responds to this in doxology, the ancient words sung and spoken that speak to the glory of God. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above, ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. 
as I've reflected on this today, I, I've realized that my soul, mind, and body are in deep need of the weight of God's glory. Like many of you, I have felt the weight of a lot of things these last months and weeks. The weight of pandemic and the weight of change and the weight of injustice, the weight of speaking or not speaking, the weight of loving well, the weight of demands and expectations. We all face these things. And yet the weight you are facing is probably most definitely different than mine, but it's still there. And I'm longing for a different kind of weight. What I'm really longing for is what Isaiah experienced, the weight of God's brilliance, splendor, holiness, God's glory that undoes me and restores me and fills me with a joy-filled life of response. I want to enact in, in my life the finality of the cross and receive the grace of resurrection life every day. And I want to be so consumed with his glory that I find myself breaking out in doxology regularly. And I want this because, like the people living in Isaiah's time, we need to encounter God's glory again. I want the revealed glory of Christ to be so real in me that the world around me takes note. I want to know that glory because I believe it's the only way the weight of all the other stuff is going to get properly sorted out. So I don't know, maybe, maybe join me today. Return to Isaiah 6. And let's let our overactive imaginations run wild into the glory of God. Who knows? Maybe we may find ourselves jumping up saying, here I am, send me too. Isaiah 6, it was in the year King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Attending him were mighty seraphim, each having six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. They were calling out to each other, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Their voices shook the temple to its foundation, and the entire building was filled with smoke. Then I said, It's all over. I am doomed, for I am a sinful man. I have filthy lips, and I'm living among a people with filthy lips. Yet I have seen the King, the Lord of heaven's armies. And one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal he had taken from the altar. With a pair of tongs, he touched my lips with it and said, See, this coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed and your sins are forgiven. Then I heard the Lord asking, Whom shall I send as a messenger to this people who will go for us? I said, Here I am. Send me. I hope you enjoyed this time together thinking about the weight of God's glory. I hope it's been a blessing to you as it's been to me just to kind of think through it and get it all out. Um, I hope you'll, if you were blessed, that you'll share this with somebody. Who knows, maybe um, maybe there's something God wants to do in somebody else's heart with this word and with our interaction together through it. So please share it. Let somebody else know about it. I hope you join me next week as I uh, continue to explore just what life is around us and how we can continue to explore the goodness of God and how we can continue to um, take account of where we are walking with him and ultimately um, take into, uh, into, place of our, into this place of our hearts an opportunity to continue to walk together in a life filled with grace and peace. So until next time, I pray that you will know 
the incredible love of God, the grace of Jesus, and the power of spirit wherever you go.